0: This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart.
1: Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined by Robert Stewart and Christian Cheatham, producer Christian. Arkansas's three and one. Barely. Bar- barely beat Grambling. Uh, we're gonna talk about the Grambling game. We got a series this weekend at Bob Walker Stadium, Eastern Illinois. Arkansas versus Eastern Illinois. Tony Romo, you right? That's where yeah, he went. Jimmy
2: Garoppolo, too. Oh yeah, Jimmy G. Uh so we're gonna talk about that. Hey, there's more football to be discussed on this podcast, by the way. Um why? I'll I'll explain later. Okay I did I did my research.
1: Okay. Well, um yeah, a lot to get to. We gotta talk about who's gonna be the Saturday starter. We gotta talk about the third base dilemma. Um a lot of good stuff on today's episode of the Diamond Hawks Podcast, which is brought to you by Matt Moore State Farm. We love Matt Morris State Farm. He helped us get over to Arlington to cover the college baseball showdown, and he's your good neighbor. I mean, like, if you want great rates on your insurance, if you want great rates on your car insurance, your life insurance, your home insurance, go to Matt Morris State Farm. I use Matt Morris State Farm, and you should use Matt Morris State Farm as well because he's just a great guy, and you can get those great rates when you call Matt Morris State Farm farm I'm I'm pulling up the phone number right now the phone number 501-568-3222 he can cover anybody in the state of Arkansas you don't just have to be in central Arkansas with that 501 but his number is 501-568-3222 Matt Morris State Farm like a great neighbor Matt Morris is there yeah <laughs> that's really cringy yeah, it is okay Uh, Also, visit Hogbeat.com. We're part of the Hogbeat Podcast Network, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com. I am the managing editor of Hogbeat.com, Robert, designated baseball boy of Hogbeat.com. We also have Jackson Collier, who helps us with basketball coverage, and Daniel Fair doing football recruiting. Great stuff at Hogbeat.com. Robert, for a second there, it looked like Arkansas was going to lose the Grambling.
2: That's why the game's nine innings. I mean, oh. if if you look around the SEC, it could have it could have been worse for Arkansas. Um, I mean, it could have been. Yeah, it wasn't pretty, but they got it done. I mean, I spin it out, buddy. The the comment that Dave Van Horn made in January: deepest pitching staff he's ever had. Oh, we knew it was going to come back to bite him <laughs> Right, right. It's it's being tested early, um, and and it's being tested by guys. Such as Zach Morris and Will McIntyre, guys. We didn't expect to test it, right?
1: Well, I mean, we saw them struggle in scrimmages, but we were just like, ah, whatever. They're facing their own team. They just need to see a new team. And here they are seeing the Grambling Tigers on a Tuesday afternoon in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And Will McIntyre, I mean, I I was writing a story earlier. Because, you know, we watched it in real time, but you always forget things. And, or like you watch it and you just, there's so much going on that you you just kind of move on from it. He, his line shows he gave up four hits in one earned run. I mean, he was a Cody Frank first pitch double play away. Like it, that, I mean, that helped him to make that line look a little bit prettier, but bases were loaded one out when Cody Frank comes in. First pitch from Frank, double play. McIntyre's line could have looked a lot worse.
2: It, it could have been real bad. And let's, let's not forget, uh, after Morris got yanked in the fourth, there were two outs. McIntyre gives up an r b i single uh Runner gets caught stealing on the next pitch, so you know he he got bailed out twice yeah um it it, it was not pretty It's not like they got hit hard or anything but it was yeah it was a but lot it's lot like, of like they were getting ahead in the count. Dave Van yeah. horn mentioned this they were up o two and then you lose the guy i mean yeah when you when you get ahead in the count, you gotta put him away, especially for veteran pitchers like those two.
1: I agree, you know. And but you look at it, mention Cody Frank, he's been great so far. Brady Tiger, he's been the Brady Tiger that we remember from last season, like not the not the end of last season, but when he was dominant last season. That's the Brady Tiger we've seen so far. Only two outings, but I mean, if you can get that out of those guys and then if you can get, you know, a guy like Cody Adcock to to do well, get McIntyre and Morris to figure it out at some point, which you, you would think they will, right? Like you don't think right. that this is going to be – this is not what you're
2: expecting from those two guys for the rest of the year. It's just been a bad start. No, I think, I think fans need to exercise patience with them. I think that's what you're going to see from the coaching staff. You know, maybe McIntyre gets pulled from the rotation, gets a couple, you know, maybe two, three, four weeks even to work on himself. Um, but he's going to find himself in the rotation again this season. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's going to find himself there, and I think he's going to be effective. But uh, those two guys you mentioned, Cody Frank and Brady Tigert, uh, wrote a story about them on Hog Beach. go check it out. Anyway, we're, we're in our uh, reporters group chat, we were talking about this. If if Hagen Smith and Hunter Holland can be the consistent starters that they have been so far, I mean, Frank and Tigert have proven that they can pitch multiple times on a weekend and get more than three outs. So, you know. Your your dream scenario is you only ever need three guys on, to pitch on Friday and Sunday. Yeah. And then Saturday, you know, you just figure it out as you go.
1: Yeah. No, well, I mean, like, your Friday and Sunday you feel great about. Oh, yeah. You know, Hagen smith Hunter Holland, uh, who we plan on having on the podcast next week, Hunter Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that Saturday you got to figure it out, you know. I think they will. You know, this is the second
2: weekend of the season. Right. It's way too early to panic or really draw conclusions about anything.
1: But hearing from Dave Van Horn that Saturday is likely going to be TBA means that you know he's a little worried about it. And he, sure. And he's a head hog. So.
2: And and here's one thing that I want to throw out there. Um, just because Will McIntyre, the Saturday guy, has has started off poorly, that doesn't mean you should move Hunter Holland up to Saturday. No. Leave him. And, no. Leave him on Sunday.
1: Yes. Keep Hunter Holland on Sunday. I mean, he, he said it himself. That's the role that he wants. Right. So, Because uh, if it's if Arkansas is up 2-0 in the series, they're going to sweep. If they're if it's tied 1-1, they're going to win. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what Hunter Holland said. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. but Correct. He did not mention, what if Arkansas is down
2: 0-2? Well, then they're screwed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe Hunter Holland just doesn't. Maybe he chooses not to throw. Like, if I cannot get the sweep or win the series, I don't want to throw. I don't think I. I mean, he's not going to do that.
2: But that would that would be a bold move. It
1: would be a bold move. Uh, Christian, do you have anything to add into this pitcher conversation? I don't know how much of a Tuesday's game you got to watch.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't really have much to add right now. I mean, I looked ugly at times, but I don't. I, I have no idea who's going to pitch on Saturday.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great transition, by the way.
0: There you go. I think it's got to be Cody Adcock. Adcock.
2: Dave Dave mentioned he is is a candidate to start after after the Globe Life tournament. Um
1: He also mentioned that Cody Frank is a candidate to start
2: after Grambling. He did mention that. Mm. But I would I would I would give Adcock the starting nod first, I think. And then go to Frank if Adcock doesn't work out. I think I think Frank has proven to everyone that he needs to be a multi inning guy out of the pen.
1: Yeah. I wanna put this out there. So we have Tavian and Josenberger as our Moneyball guy. You know we're gonna have his back no matter what. By the way, great game on Tuesday for the brand.
2: Oh yeah, I played uh, five plate five played appearances for four, re- four times two walks and two hits. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: great for the brand. Oh yeah, I think Cody Frank is gonna be our guy on the mound. Are I we mean, good with that? I mean, if as he, a podcast,
2: if he keeps it up like this, then yeah,
1: because it can't. You know, you gotta pick a guy. It's not like we we can go out there and say like Peyton Stovall's our guy, you know, like because he's that would be too easy. It would be too easy. He's the star of the team. We can't say Hagen Smith is our guy, you know, because he's he's the ace. He's the Friday night guy. Is Hagen Smith going to be really good? Yes, but you need one of those guys that you know that needs a little push. And I don't. Th- I'm not saying Cody Frank needs that push, but I want him to be our guy. Like a branding push. Yeah. Are we cool with that?
0: I guess so. I'm a big Wagner fan,
1: but well, I'm talking about pitcher. Oh. You can be a
2: Wagner guy too, but huge Wagner fan. Okay, Robert. I'm I'm on board with Cody Frank.
1: All right, we got to figure out some kind of ooh the Frank's hot dogs, the brand. Could be. We got to figure something out to like to like Frank's Red Hot. Ooh. Except
2: he doesn't really throw gas though, so you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anybody listening, if you can figure out a good play on words or something that we can do when Cody Frank does well. Like, cause for Wagner, I do have something. Uh, Wagner tank is that what it is? Yeah. So, right, yeah, I I got that. the I got the Wagner tank. We got Tavian Josenberger with the money ball. Hagen's
0: ballpark. Frank's. I don't know something
1: on something. Yeah. We'll we'll figure something out. Um, and then of course Hagen Smith with the ace card. So. Um. Anyways, yeah, Cody Frank, he could start on Saturday, but you know, I, like you said, I like him out of the pen,
2: You know. Yeah. I mean, he got. He faced eight hitters on Tuesday and retired. He got eight outs. Yeah. He did allow a walk, but he made up for it with the double play on his first pitch. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he takes a mound in a four-run deficit. He leaves the game in a tie. Like, that was that was all Arkansas needed to come out on top of that game, is just to have one pitcher go in and settle it down, and that's what happened. Yeah, him and,
1: him and Brady Tiger with the uh... – what was it, four and two-thirds innings of scoreless ball? Yeah. That was big.
2: I mean, it's grambling, but it's Seven big. Ks.
1: Yeah. One walk, two K, uh, two hits. It was big. Um, How about that dude throwing, like, 67?
2: Oh, man. He slicing. Was Bugs Bunny change-ups left and right, carving them up. <laughs>
1: I, I put something on our board, and this is, like, no offense to Brady Slavens whatsoever, but that pitcher was born into this world for one reason and one reason only, and that's to pitch to guys like Brady
2: Slavens. They're swinging for the fences, thinking they can hit, you know, yeah. high 60s cheese to, to the moon.
1: If, if, I mean, if he's throwing that ball like 83, Slavens is putting it in the road, you know? But, I mean, he, it was, I mean, like, I could have gone out there and thrown 67.
2: Right. Shout out to Brady Slavens with that RBI double in the fifth, though. Yeah. That was big. Yeah. Uh, the double plays were interesting. On oh Tuesday. yeah, three inning, inning, and, inning, ending double plays. And two of them like weren't ground outs. liners to left, liners to. Dude, that oh, yeah. that one to second. Yeah. The the vertical on the second yeah. baseman, <laughs> Josenberg was like, I don't know, it was like a fifty inch vertical. That was crazy.
1: Yeah. No, uh, so those were. <clears throat> it's tough to say that it was like bad base running because. I think everybody in the ballpark thought both of them were getting down. So, there are two instances where they got caught leaning on first, and pitcher throws it over to first. Jason Jones got safe at second. Who was it that was out? I can't remember. I think it was Stovall.
2: Stovall got yeah. So Josenberger was on third. Stovall was on second. Stovall was reading it like it was dropping. Josenberger was
1: no. I'm talking about the pickoff attempts. I'm not talking about the double plays. The pickoff attempts. The the pitcher, he tried to pick him off at first base. Jason Jones and Peyton Stovall got caught leaning. Jones was safe at second. Didn't even didn't even do like a, the, the pickle where he's going back and forth. He just went straight to second. Stovall did the same thing, but he was out at second. Mm. I don't know why he doesn't remember this. I mean, no, Stovall sold second also. He, they called him safe? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, okay. Well, then they were both safe. There was a lot of running in that game. Yeah. Base running. St- stolen bases. Yeah. I want to move on from grambling. To we be should do that. With you. Um, <clears throat> real quick, let's hit the other midweeks because there were some losses in the SEC. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. USF seven run, top of the ninth to beat Florida on Wednesday. That was tough. That was tough. For Florida. Louisiana Monroe, 11-5 win in Starkville over the Bulldogs.
1: Lamo. what? And then uh, Mississippi State won the next day, right? Correct with their ambidextrous the ambidextrous and the switch pitcher that's right what he 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 throw? 97 with one and 91 with the other which one was which I don't remember he's
0: like slower with his left
1: okay but yeah okay tell me this though does he have a glove that he can just put on either hand at the same time he does
0: well I know I've seen him before I don't know if he does specifically
2: how does that work
0: because when you go batter to batter yeah he probably does have one that flips it's It's got six fingers in it
2: that that would make sense. So you have thumbs on both sides. You don't want to like throw gloves back and forth between every at bat. Wow. Yeah, I've seen. I'll, I'll
0: just send you some. I've seen them before. Yeah. Huh. That guy, uh, Pat Venditti, is that his yeah. name? Yeah. He, Pitched
2: in the he show, right? Two, I think. That's cool. Uh, this guy, Gerangelo, I don't know what his what his last name is, but his it first is C. Right. First name's Gerangelo. Is he a freshman? He's a freshman. Good lord, man. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll have that to look forward to when we go to Starkville later this season. Well, I
1: mean, if he's throwing, he started a midweek. You know, Arkansas started Heineman. no Ben Bybee, Ben Bybee. Did Bybee in the in the midweek. So it's like, you know, Ben
2: Bybee, that was out of left left field a little bit. I didn't expect him to get the start. I mean, he he threw the best out of the unexperienced guys over the weekend. So yeah, he gets the starting nod.
1: I didn't think he was awful. He you wasn't. Had, he
2: had his high fastball working for him pretty well. I mean, once he gave up the home run, he settled down. He was fine. Yeah. Um. Uh, what was the other midweek? Uh, two two other ones. I... Lamar beat A and M seven to four in College Station, and how could we forget about Central Arkansas beating Vanderbilt?
1: Oh, UCA, the Conway boys. Yeah, forgot about that one. Shout out Conway. So
2: three three top ten SEC teams lost midweeks. This game. This um, season.
1: I want to throw this out there. And this has, uh, when you said A&M, it reminded me of my future from last year. As a podcast, we need to all decide on a future that we're going to bet. And it can't be Arkansas because we cover the team. So, right now. We'll get to thinking. It needs to be good odds, though. Like, we're not going to take LSU.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, regardless of what the odds are, we're not taking LSU.
1: No, I don't think. I mean, they're not going to make the College World Series.
2: History says.
1: They're yeah, not. I mean, yeah, sure.
2: yeah. the last the last three years would indicate that is that is not happening. Uh,
0: that is the good bet
1: to take. I don't I don't like Tennessee.
2: <laughs> of course you don't. I, I
1: just <laughs> I I cannot in my in my right conscience bet Tennessee. Like I can't. I will never do that.
2: We'll 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 go with it.
1: Um, I'm trying to think of other teams. We'll do research and then we'll yeah, do this. Stanford, yeah, no, I don't like. Uh, uh. They always kind of choke. If yeah,
2: the thing is, we could just go down the list of <laughs> yeah. odds-on favorites and be like, ah, I know. yeah. <laughs> well, it's too early to tell. With anybody. exactly, you know what? Okay, do we need to set a deadline for this? The deadline needs to be conference play.
1: Confer- the start of conference play,
2: March seventeenth. Yeah. Are Auburn, w- hogs open with Auburn. Yes. Okay, yeah. by the Auburn
1: series preview, we need we will to have, have a future, and it's going to be a significant amount of money because we all need to ride this out together you know okay the issue is is like it needs to be relevant because if we're if we're talking we're gonna we're gonna talk about it on the podcast so probably an sec team because like it would be weird if we're talking about like east carolina
0: no yeah or like a big california school yeah yeah that could could do it
1: yeah Let's move let's, on. Let's, let's proceed. Eastern Illinois. Robert, take us through.
2: Okay, so I mentioned football. You got two football names on this team. The leadoff hitter, Lincoln Riley. The Lincoln Riley. The guy who defected from Norman, Oklahoma to Los Angeles.
1: He's he's playing for he's playing Eastern college
2: Illinois? baseball in Eastern Illinois, wherever that is. Wow. With
0: diverse portfolio he's got.
2: I know, right? <laughs> Anyway, uh it's
1: not it's not Lincoln Riley. It's not it's it, not it but it is A Lincoln Riley. It's not the Lincoln Riley.
2: He's hitting 364 at the top of their order, so. Nice. You know, that makes him cooler than the other Lincoln Riley, I think. I don't think so. I would take a 364 so. lead off. I of don't him. think so. Against a I don't coach. Think so. who I don't think so. Isn't I don't very think so. nice to the media. Go ahead. Anyway, uh <laughs> they they swept Florida A&M over the weekend. I was I was curious about how impactful of a series sweep that was, so I looked at some RPI numbers. Florida A&M's at two hundred nineteen, Eastern Illinois is at one hundred sixty-six, Arkansas is at fifty-nine.
1: Dang, Grambling is ahead of Eastern Illinois. I guess they're they they're like what one in three now. Grambling is, Mm huh?
2: Wow. Uh, the the teams that were in Arlington ahead of Arkansas and the RPI are Oklahoma State, Missouri, and TCU. 54, yeah. 50, and 44, respectively. Okay. Cool. Um, got the Eastern Illinois pitching rotation. Uh, Mason, you want to take a shot at the ace?
1: Here we go. Blake, Blake Malatestinic. We'll go with it. Testinic. Yeah, that's got to be it. Malatestinic, Malatestinic.
0: I can't wait to hear the pronunciation, and then we like correct it.
1: Yeah, like Sonny Dishiara. <laughs> <laughs> this dude's five nine, one seventy.
2: He's a he's a tiny little red shirt senior, Eesh. right-hander that had a six point three two ERA last season, uh, as the ace in the Florida A and M series, gave up four earned runs in five and a third. Uh, so, you know, numbers don't really jump off the page by any means. Tyler Conklin is the other football name I was referring to. Jets tight end for you NFL fans out there. Yeah. Uh, 5'11", 190 sophomore, right-hander through on Saturday, 4.8 ERA in 2022. 30 innings pitch, didn't really start that often. Only three starts and 12 appearances. Did have a quality start last week against FAMU. Six innings, two earned, walking three strikeouts. And then Kai Matthews Hampton is the Sunday guy. He is an Aussie. Fun fact about him. Really? Mm-hmm. one ninety, graduate right-hander, 7-point ERA in 22. Six innings, no runs last week against Florida A&M. Mm. So, we shall see. And I have no idea how hard any of these guys throw. So, you know, if it's anything like Ja'Cory Boudreaux with Grambling, then the Hogs could be in, in for a rough first few innings. Um,
1: <clears throat> let me pull up my week-by-week picks because I did, like, a slight preview for, like, each team that Arkansas would face. Uh, Eastern Illinois picked a finish in the middle of the Ohio Valley Conference. Shortstop Chris Worcester and senior utility player Ryan Ignafo, both named preseason first team All-OVC. So, yeah, it doesn't seem like the pitching was anything to uh, to really worry about. But they do have some guys who can probably come in and hit the ball.
2: So Lincoln Riley chief among them.
1: Yeah, Lincoln Riley.
2: Do you uh, have their stats pulled up? Yeah, I do. Let me uh how did how did Worcester do? Worcester.
1: It might be War set. Worcester.
2: I'm gonna be real, I'm not seeing him.
1: He's not on there? Maybe he's hurt. What about uh Ryan Ignafo?
2: Ryan Ignafo, I noticed he was hitting third for them. Uh he's in one for nine with mm. the run scored. Three ribs. All right. Has walked three times. And has been hit twice, two sacrifices.
1: Yeah, no, I mean Arkansas is going to kill him, you know. That's we thought that was going to happen with Grambling, though. So let's mm-hmm. not let's not go that far. Let's just say like Arkansas will likely sweep.
2: Likely, yes. Um, I would I would say similar to my prediction uh, last week. If they're going to lose one game, it'll be Saturday. Yeah. We need to need to acknowledge that I was right about that. By the way, oh, yeah. we went around the room and yeah, Christian right. said they'd lose to Texas. You said they'd lose Sunday. I said they'd lose to TCU. So mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a victory lap here. I was
1: I was I was the furthest off. Yes, yes <laughs> you
2: were.
0: We might need to like keep track of our predictions throughout
1: the year. Oh, right, so we're we gonna do like season predictions every week?
0: We Series should. predictions. We
1: should, yeah, just like. Did I say season? Yes, you did. No. <laughs> that's, I don't
0: that's. Something like that. I'll I'll um I'll figure something out. That's
1: fair. I mean we can, so right now, okay, but we all said two and one though. We did. So, are we going to count? Are we going like to pick specific games?
0: Day by day. A game or one scenario that we decide to like. I think we do it day track. by day.
1: Day by day. Mm-hmm. So, I guess I'm still two and one. No, because I picked them to lose to Oklahoma State. You're one and two. I guess. But I didn't. Oh, because they lost it Okay, I'm one and two.
2: Not a math major. <laughs> uh, okay. Are we all saying sweep, by the way? Yeah. Do we do we land on that? Yeah.
1: They're going to sweep them. Uh, the only, the only, uh, the only non-conference teams that I have them losing to. Of course, I had them losing one game in Arlington. Mm-hmm. I have them losing one game to Wright State next weekend. Wright State's a good baseball team, and I, I, I had them a team
2: last year, right? Huh? Yeah. yeah. gave gave the walls a scare in Knoxville. Yep. They, uh, not in the postseason. Maybe I'm thinking of two seasons ago.
1: Uh, they because they played in the Blacksburg Regional. Ah. they lost to Virginia Tech and Gonzaga, but they I mean they put up runs against both teams. Uh, and then Louisiana Tech, I have them losing a game to Tech. By the way, that Friday game against Louisiana Tech not going to be on TV. I've had a lot of people text me about that. I literally posted a story about it when they announced the national television games. They I had in the story they're not going to play a game. They're they're not going to televise the Friday game. Because there's other stuff.
2: What, a gymnastics meet that day? Maybe a Bud Walton, yeah.
1: Yeah, so just
2: put that in the back of your head. The issue is not the baseball team or the opponent, but simply the Razorbacks as an institution not being able to broadcast two games on the same day.
1: It's... It's incredible that they can't do that. It's incredible that they can't televise a game in Little Rock. Like, I, we are in the year 2023. You should be able to do that. I know you have the financial capabilities. They have the financial capabilities. They have the technological capabilities. They have all the cameras set up at the ballpark. Just put it on SEC Network Plus or whatever.
0: Or even have, like, just some students out there do something. Just get some stream up.
1: You know what they're going to have? They're going to have replay on the video board. And it's like, if you can. They had they had replay for the uh, the basketball game against Roger State and Bud Walton that they didn't put on TV. They had replay on the thing, and the basketball team was posting clips from the game.
2: The baseball team should just stream it on Twitter or something, Facebook. Yeah, it's it's lousy. I I don't know it's how other camera and
0: center field just the whole game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, no, because they have the replay angles like that. Yeah, it it can be done. They're just they're just lazy.
0: I feel like they might figure something out before then because i don't think so
1: i think if they were planning on figuring something
2: out it's 2023 this has been this
0: program doesn't have every game streamed. i know the little rock game that that's a problem
2: i mean that that that's your example of why they won't do it they they could take these things to little rock if they wanted Mm
3: -hmm. they won't Mm
2: -hmm. they They could they could you know take it from baseball at bomb to bud walton at night 'Cause it's not even Here. They don't they don't have to It's a three o'clock game. And they don't the gymnastics meet not till probably six or seven. Yeah, right?
1: gymnastics doesn't start till seven. It's only like they have to like take equipment from point A to point B. The equipment's already there. You know? Like I whatever. We're not we're not changing anything by talking about it. True story. Onward. Uh, Matt Morris State Farm. Let's remind you about Matt Morris State Farm. We are big fans of Matt Morris State Farm, and Matt Morris State Farm is a big fan of Razorback Baseball. So uh, if you want an insurance agent who you can just really connect with and uh, you know, talk baseball and also get great rates with, Matt Morris State Farm is where you need to go. He provides auto insurance, home insurance, life insurance, all at a great rate so you can save money, use that money on things that uh that you need other than insurance because let's just let's all be honest here insurance is just annoying but matt morris gets that and he's like look i understand let me save you a couple bucks and so he's gonna do that you give him a call 501-568-3222 matt morris he's a great guy great basketball player as well from what i hear
2: great neighbor if you will
1: yeah yeah he is your great neighbor uh, so give him a call, 501-568-3222. Thank you to Matt Moore, State Farm. Um, third base? Yes, third base, Caleb Cowley. So we heard from Dave Van Horn that he wanted to get Caleb Cowley in against Grambling, and he did get in in the field. He just didn't get the hit. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I was a little disappointed in that. Like, I, no offense to Jason Jones whatsoever, great ball player. I like watching him play. I do. I just – I felt like if there was any time to get Caleb Callie right, and I mean it's only the fourth game of the season, but that was, you know, it was a good opportunity, especially it, after his weekend last weekend.
2: It was, and um, you know, with with three three games coming up Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I think he's got to play in at least two of them. Maybe he doesn't have to start two, but uh, I think he's got to make two appearances and make two appearances at the plate too. Um, you know, not just another late game change like like we saw on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, you know, we made the comparison to Braden Webb in twenty twenty two on the last episode. I still think it rings true, you know, maybe he struggles some more to start, but the bottom line is and and again, I think I've said this before, he, he's a guy who's capable of leading the team in both strikeouts and OPS. So I mean, that's that's a trade off you'll take. You need to get him you need to get him out there getting, you know, live game reps.
1: Yeah. It's just so tough though. Like this is something that I feel like we've talked about it a lot off air. And I feel like Caleb Cowley is just a guy that you you know, with his potential, with his talent, you want to get him in. He needs a slump buster, man. I think Eastern Illinois is a slump buster.
2: I mean the the bottom line is any of the Hog's opponents until Auburn, slump busters. Like it could happen at any point, so yeah. my my, my thinking is, you know, ride it out with him. Let him struggle early. Let him figure it out before games start to matter. And then games will matter, and he'll be good. He'll be, you know, as advertised. All right. I don't really have much
1: more to add, man. It's it's hard with this, you know, non-conference stuff, grambling Eastern Illinois. Like, well, whatever.
2: especially early, too, because we don't really have a good sample size of stats. Like, you know, normally I feel like we, we go up and down the lineup, but it, we have three games with which to work for Eastern Illinois. Yeah. Um. Yeah,
1: man. I, I mean, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to sweep this weekend. And uh, I think this team surprised a little bit of people in, in Arlington, to be quite honest with you. Especially because there were so many people who hadn't really seen the team, didn't really know the names. Like, you could see a lot of people, uh, reporters even, who were just, like, getting names wrong.
2: Uh Right. And so I mean there's there's plenty of unknowns. Like if, if yeah. you hadn't paid attention since June, like there's reason for doubt. I get it. Um the eighteen against Oklahoma State, that was that was eye popping though. Twas. Twas. All right, Christian.
1: You got your time. Go ahead.
0: I don't really have much today. Um but the guys that we think are gonna show up are showing up early, which is good. Wagner, yeah. Diggs, Stovall, so Slavens. As long as they, they Slavens, yeah. As long as they keep playing, like the rest of the team is gonna, they'll figure it out. I think the Cali and Jones thing is gonna be probably the thing that's gonna be talked about most of the year. Yeah, like, like they gonna go back and forth probably every weekend, who's starting, who's not. Um,
1: Slavens has a double in every game, right? I think he does. Robert, look to your scorebook. Hurry, 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 hurry. Yes, he does. Slavin's with a double in every game. On pace to have 55 doubles in the regular season. How many games do they play? Is it 55? I think it's 55.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say 162, but that wouldn't have been right. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah.
1: And, of course, our guy, Josenberger, he's getting on base for the brand.
2: Little little 800 OBP on Tuesday. You love to see that. Uh, Yeah. So... I have I have one more idea before we before we sign off here. Shall we
1: wait. Uh Parker Rowland apparently is making a push to like play legit innings at catcher. That is true. Which I did not see
2: coming. I didn't either. Um I didn't think he was particularly impressive handling the bat uh in the two games we've seen him. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Cumulative stats. Show me. He show wasn't me. impressive throwing hit. down a second either. He's gonna hit three RBIs, right? Oh no. Uh de-de-de-de-de. Roland, Roland, Roland. Hit three RBIs. How does he have three RBIs? What did I miss? He had. Didn't he have a couple against
0: Grambling? Yeah, I believe
2: so. Sack. He had an RBI walk and a sack fly against Oklahoma State, and he had an RBI ground out against Grambling. So he has not had an RBI hit, Hmm. but he has three RBIs. Um, Roland is batting 167 so far. Polk is batting. 125. So he does have the edge over Hudson Polk through four games, but the the big difference that we heard from Dave Van Horn after the Grambling game is that Roland is receiving the ball better as a catcher, which was where the the gap was in evaluating where those two are.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. I I, I think I would I would expect Polk to be the starting catcher on Friday.
2: The thing is, you're facing three right-handed pitchers. Uh, provided that, you know, I, I guess we should throw the disclaimer out there that we're just going on based on who pitched last yeah. week for yeah. EIU. Um, if if those guys are going to pitch again you're facing three righties, you're probably going to want to see Parker rolling in at least one of those games Yeah, because he can hit left-handed.
1: Switch hitter. Okay. That makes sense.
2: All right. I got one idea for you. Okay. Um, shall we do picks to click out of the bullpen? Mm. It cannot be Hagan-Smith. Hunter Holland, Cody Frank, or Brady Tiger.
1: Well, Hagen pick, Smith and Hunter Holland are going to come out of the bullpen. Pick,
2: Okay, any pitcher at all.
1: Oh, so picks a click on the mound.
2: None of those four guys.
1: You have to use your words better. You're right. I do. <laughs> are you okay?
2: That really sent Christian. I, I thought
1: Christian was like throwing up. <laughs> Sorry.
2: Um, all right, those four guys are off the board. Who are we going with?
1: Oh, man. You're really putting me on the spot here, aren't you? Well, Christian can go first if he wants to. Uh, who was the f- Tiger Smith, Holland, and Frank? Give me Adcock,
2: Cody Adcock. I'll take. There it. you have it.
0: Give me Dylan Carter.
2: Interesting. Are you for real? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my boy Sean Fitzpatrick. Mm. Two freshmen, huh? I think I think you will see the the Sean Fitzpatrick that has the reporters buzzing mm-hmm. this weekend.
1: Hey, I like Sean Fitzpatrick.
0: I want Dylan to have some good
1: outings. I'm going to be honest with you, man. No offense to Dylan Carter. I just I don't know how many innings he's going to get. He's going to get
0: it. It's going to be this time of the year, though.
2: Yeah.
1: No, against Eastern Illinois when they're up like 12-1, to 1, yes. Yes.
2: Yeah. If that happens. We, we have seen Dylan Carter throw four innings without giving up an earned run in a scrimmage this year. So, yeah. you know, stranger things have happened.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Well... Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to Matt Morris Day State Farm. Visit hogbee.com and watch some Arkansas baseball this weekend. We'll have our weekend recap come out on Monday,
2: and we'll talk to everybody then. The Diamond Hogs Podcast is the premier Razorback baseball podcast. All right, we now welcome on Cody Frank to the show. He is a right-handed pitcher out of the bullpen for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Pitched three times in the first four games. Cody, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm
3: doing great. I appreciate having me on the show. Yeah, you bet. Uh,
2: I'm, I'm curious. You've you've seen a lot of game action so far in Fayetteville, uh, Arlington as well. But uh, what's it what's it been like for you to have so much success during your first week as a hog?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's really about just kind of going out there and being committed to whatever role I'm coming in to do, whether that's just a one inning relief appearance or to stabilize the game, kind of how I did on Tuesday. Um, it's really just staying committed to the process and the preparation that I've put in. Um, leading up to whichever day I'm called out of the pen Um, so I would definitely say like just being prepared for the moment and then not really trying to get too big and just kind of trusting the work that I've put in. Yeah your role is is actually pretty
2: interesting you know we've seen we've seen you go multiple innings multiple times now um, and yet Dave Van Horn the other day said you're you're a candidate for a guy to start if if you know you if you need to step up I'm curious, you know, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm sure you did some of that at Nebraska, right?
3: Yeah, I had uh, basically every role possible so far in my uh, college career. Um, Junior college, I was a starter. And then when I got to Nebraska, I was put in the bullpen as kind of the basically the same role of, like, the bridge guy, but then could also go late in the game. Um, I've closed a few games. Um, So it's, like, it's kind of nice because – being like an older guy, I can kind of give insights to like the freshman or whoever it may be of like how to prepare for a start, how to prepare for the bullpen role where you're coming in for multiple innings, um, how to prepare for a closed situation. Um, so it's it's nice to be able to have experience in all three categories because I'm also like ready for whatever role it is, you know, like. If it's just coming in and say I'm throwing the eighth inning and setting up for Brady Tigers to come in and close or whoever it may be, or even I finish off that game, like I'm ready to do that. If they need a bridge guy or someone to come in and kind of settle the game down and stabilize it, like I'm ready to do that. If they need a spot start or like a conference start or something, I'm definitely ready to do that. You know, it's just kind of whatever Coach Van Horn and Coach Hobbs need out of me, like I'm ready to do it all.
2: You mentioned Brady Tar- Tiger. Let's talk about him for a second. Uh, you've you've turned things over to him a couple times uh, so far this season. I'm curious what what has that been like for you as far as your confidence goes. I know that we've had uh, Hagen Smith and and Tavian Josenberger on the record talking about you know they they basically know the game's over when when he oh, takes yeah. the mound.
3: Absolutely. Um, I mean, like after Texas, you know, I come in and um, throw the wild pitch, to score the run, and like that's a tough one to tough one to chew on, but then next thing I go out there, get a quick out and I'm rolling. And then it's like single. Okay. Like I can kind of get around that. And then I give up another single on a good pitch and now you're first and second one out and the tying runs on second. And like in my head, I'm not worried. I'm worried about the next hitter, the next pitch. Like I'm still preparing. I'm not thinking, you know, what if I get pulled or anything like that? I'm still ready to go for the next hitter. But then like when I see DVH coming out to pull me, when I see Brady tired coming in like it's there's there's just no worry to it you know it's just one of those like safeguard feelings of like okay like the game is still easily in control like we got a freshman All-American coming in and like he's a big strikeout guy like can strike out anyone in the country and so you're not even worried about like if the run's gonna get given up you know like you got full confidence in Brady coming in after you and then for the Tuesday game same thing you know like I kind of stabilized the game, allowed our offense to kind of get back on their feet and be able to make a comeback. And then once you turn it over to Brady for the last two innings or however many you threw, it's like, yeah, it's the feeling of this game's over.
2: So Tuesday uh, was not your first time pitching a bomb. Uh,
3: you you uh,
2: fans probably remember you from Nebraska in 2021. Curious what you remember about that weekend and then, you know, maybe how much of a role that played in your, in your decision to, to transfer to Arkansas.
3: Yeah, I mean, playing here on the opposing side, it is – it's very intimidating. You know, you're coming into an extremely hostile environment where you're having 10,000-plus fans, like, rooting against you. Um, and, like, for me, I've never had that happen. You know, I've never got to play in that big of an atmosphere – but even being here and like, like when I did throw here in the regional, it was just like one of those experiences that I would never forget, even if I weren't to transfer here. Um, like I remember talking about that, you know, this summer, that same summer, whenever we were here is like, as crazy as it was, it's something I would for, like, I would remember forever. And then Obviously, when I enter the portal and Arkansas is showing me interest, you know, like that stuff is kind of like playing into the decision a little bit of like the fan base and like just how bought in they are to you and how much they're going to back you up and cheer for you and pull for your success. Like it's, it's honestly a really big thing in college baseball is to have a great fan base behind you. It feels really good. Curious
2: about about you as a pitcher. Um, we we've heard from Jace Borff and Peyton Stovall they talk about how, you know, you're you're not the hardest throwing guy in the world, but you could spot up incredibly well. Um, you know, baseball today it's all about the flashy, you know, upper nineties gas throwing guys, but you're not necessarily one of them. Uh, what I mean, how do you how do you deal with that? And what what is it like for you to to be you know a, a crafty righty, so to speak?
3: Yeah, um, I'll be honest, it's it's challenging sometimes to not go out there and like see how hard I can throw because again like that's the flashy stuff that everyone likes to see is people throwing 95 plus you know that's I mean that's as a pitcher that's what you want to be able to do it's just unfortunately I'm not to that point yet maybe I get to that point but as of now like where my game plays is being that crafty righty you know, like 2-0 count, and I'm not not like the typical pitcher to just throw a fastball. Like, I'm going to throw you a changeup. I'm going to throw you a slider and a hitter's count. And that's just something that hitters sometimes don't really expect. But for me, like, I have less room of error because I don't throw as hard. So where I have to make up to it is being able to beat them at the mental game and the pitchability game and being able to locate to almost pitch for that soft contact. I can get the strikeout if I need it or if the opportunity presents itself, but I'm not the pitcher to be able to come in and just punch everyone out left and right.
2: How, how much of, you know, expressing that like comes up when you're building chemistry with, with your new battery mates. I know with, with these two Hudson Polk and, and Parker Rowland in particular, you've all got ties to the, to the state of Oklahoma. So maybe, maybe that helps a little bit, but how's it, how's it been for you to, to build chemistry with those guys back there?
3: It's definitely interesting because, um, again, like I don't pitch like a typical pitcher. So really for them, it's more of kind of reading my mind and getting into my mind of what I'm thinking as far as like what pitch I want to throw here. Because like, again, I'm not just going to give you your typical fastball. Like I would almost prefer an off-speed pitch or, you know, whatever it may be. So I know early on with both of them, um, they actually did struggle catching me only on the pitch calling side. Um, both of them have came up to me multiple times, like after practice, saying like, hey, we need to get on the same page because there's times I'm sitting up there just shaking left and right. Um, and they just couldn't figure out what pitch I wanted. And then like another big aspect to it is and I've talked to Parker about this a lot is like just kind of reviewing the game and reviewing the outing afterwards And just talking to them, you know, like if they called a pitch and I shook it, you know, talking to them, getting their feedback of, hey, like, why did you want to throw that pitch there? And then, like, I would give my side of, like, okay, well, here's why I threw this pitch. Um, One of the best examples was on Tuesday, Parker was catching me. And we had an A-B guy kept fouling it off, fouling it off, fouling it off. And I eventually shook to a pitch and threw it and he fouled it off. And then I told him what my plan was, like, Actually, I think I may have gotten him on that pitch, but I was, like, telling him, you know, how I wanted to set up with that pitch. And I mentioned, like, if he would have fouled it off, like, I was going to go here with it. And, like, me and him just kind of got on the same page there of just setting up for the next pitch. Because, like, again, with the whole pitch clock thing, like, you can't just sit up there and just shake and shake and shake and shake because it's just burning time.
2: Yeah, talk about the pitch clock for a minute. I mean, that was that was a surprise, I think, for everybody in in Texas. Um, you know, we we got some some pretty honest opinions from from Dave Van Horn about it after the I think it was the TCU game. But uh, I mean, that's that's got to be a pretty big adjustment to make.
3: Yeah, it is. If you're not used to it, for me personally, like I've always worked quick. I've always just like got the ball, got back on the rubber, like ready for the next pitch. Um, There is like times where you do need to kind of compose and take a breath and then get back on the rubber. Um, I don't have like a super huge problem with the pitch clock. I'm not going to agree or disagree on it. The one issue that I do have with it would say with like a runner on. um, I I just think there needs to be a little bit more time with a runner on. But I mean, other than that, for me personally, it hasn't really affected me too much just because I'm used to that like up-tempo working pace.
2: I got you, I got you. So uh, shifting topics for a minute, uh, on, on the way to and from Arlington, Texas, where you guys just were, you'll pass through your hometown of Tushka, Oklahoma. I remember uh, I, I and a few other reporters were on our way to uh, cover the a and football game in, in the fall. And we, we saw the sign and we're like, ah, that's where Cody Frank's from, where's the statue? Are you? Do you uh, have one of those coming your way anytime soon?
3: <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I would definitely have to talk to the superintendent about it if it was going to happen. Uh, but as far as my knowledge, I I don't think there's going to be a statue of me at some point.
2: <laughs> are there are there any other famous al- uh, athletes that have come out of Tushko?
3: To my knowledge, there has not been.
2: Gotcha. So, so I've asked you a lot of baseball questions. Let's, let's transition here. Uh, Who, who is Cody Frank off the field? What do do we need to to know about you as a person rather than a pitcher?
3: Um, For me as a person, the way I would describe myself is just kind of laid back. Um, I don't really like to go out and do a whole lot. I just kind of like to chill. Um, You know, if there's a game on, I'll watch the game, whether it be football or baseball, Um, just kind of like relaxing Um, I do I do like to play video games I will admit (laughs) but as far as like outside of baseball I just I like I like to chill Um, you know I've had Parker Rowland over at my apartment before and we just kind of hung out and like discussed you know baseball or even football or whatever it may be Um, so yeah I I just I don't really do a whole lot if I'm being quite honest. (laughs) A lot lot of the guys we have on here talk about You know, they they
2: love to play golf. Are you a big golfer at all?
3: I'm actually not. Every time I've tried to golf, I I just, I don't know why. It's definitely something with the swing. I can't ever get it down. Um, I'm slicing balls into trees and then that frustrates me. So, I mean, I'll go and hang out at the golf course if I got some buddies going and playing. You know, I love like camaraderie. I love hanging out with, you know, my friends and teammates and I have a great time. It's just golf isn't really for me. I just get too frustrated.
2: <laughs> I got you. If you were going to go with three other players on the team
3: this year, who would you go with? I'd probably say Cody Adcock, Parker Rowland, and probably Hagen Smith. Why is that? There's guys that I'm pretty close with. Um, every time I'm at the field and see them, I'm always having a conversation with them. It feels like, um, and. Like with Cody, he's always uh, he's always talking to me. He's always kind of hyping me up per se. Um, and then I do the same thing back to him. We lift together. So there's like the joking around side of it where we can kind of mess around in the locker room or wherever we may be. And then like in the weight room, uh, we typically try to lift together because we know how to push each other and uh, really get the most out of the workout for that day. So I'm pretty close to him. And then with Parker, I mean, like, he's a catcher. I spent a lot of time with him. Um, we got very mutual ties with uh, the junior college that we came from. Um, and me and him are both, like, extremely competitive guys. Um, and I think that all began where we came from. And uh, Coach Parker instilled that same ideology into both of us and got us to where we are today now. And then Hagan, like, he's just a great guy to be around um seems like he always has a smile on his face until it's friday night and he's ready to go on the bump but other than that like he's just a great guy i love talking to him and uh yeah
2: cody adcock seems like he's having fun all the time i remember during scrimmages one of one of you know the reporters who showed up one of our favorite things was you know when somebody would strike out and he would go see ya
3: yeah yeah he he loves he likes to talk a little smack to the hitters but at the same time like the hitters have the understanding that he's pulling for them and their success. It's not that he doesn't like that specific hitter, or whatever has any beef with them. It's just, just kind of those competitive juices flowing a little bit. He's pulling for his fellow staff member. Um, but again, like they'll go back into the locker room and they'll be laughing together and just kind of cr- cracking jokes at each other. So like, he's just an overall great teammate. Here's, here's another
2: oddball for you. Um, we had uh, we had Chris Lanzilli on the podcast last year and he, he's a Boston guy, right? So he was telling us about a job he had uh at Fenway Park. He was an alcohol like security supervisor at the age of, I don't know, sixteen. He definitely wasn't 21. I don't think he was 18 either. Have you have you had any jobs like that or you know, anything worth mentioning?
3: Not yet. I have not. Um haven't really had too many jobs in my life just because baseball has been sure. eating up all the free time, but Can't say I have had any uh, interesting jobs like, like him. Gotcha.
2: Now going back to the hitters for a minute. uh, I'm curious who, who do you think is, is, you know, there can be multiple answers to this, but who, who's the hardest guy on the, on the team to face? I know you got a healthy dose of them over the last, you know, several months.
3: Yeah. um, Like you said, it you can't really narrow it down to one I mean there's there's multiple um but the first one that comes to my mind and the guy who gave me fits every time I faced him was Jared Wagner like that's just a that's a veteran hitter he's seen a lot of baseball and there's been like I know for a fact I faced him twice and got him 0-2 real quick and then the at-bat ended in a walk and it's not like a bad walk either on my end where the pitch isn't even close it's like full count I'm throwing a pitcher's pitch that he could easily swing and miss at and he just takes it and takes his walk um so like he's a hard hitter to get out um Stovall he's a hard hitter too you know he's he's a experienced SEC hitter every time you face him you have to keep it in the back of your mind of you know if I make a mistake to this guy like he will he will uh, do some damage to it um That doesn't mean you got to pitch to him scared, but you just have to know, you know, you kind of have to be on your A game with a guy like him at the dish. Um, Caleb Cowley, too, man, like, I faced him early in the fall, and he was one of those guys early on that it was just like, what do you throw this guy? Like, how how do you throw him? Um, And then I would probably say my last one would be – I'd probably see say uh John Bolton honestly because uh he's starting off uh starting off I kind of had his number um but then like later on like he he just changed like when we got back like I was throwing against him and you know I'm throwing him like great pitches and he's putting good swings on him. he's taking them um I mean I, there was one time I did make a mistake to him and he Hit a line drive back up the middle, and like he's just again like he's an older hitter. He's just kind of one of those guys. He's seen a lot of baseball, so you kind of have to uh, you kind of have to be a little bit more uh, on top of your game with a guy like that.
2: I got you. Going back to to Wegner for a minute, I'm sure you know based on what you said, you weren't surprised to see his success this first weekend. Uh, I'm curious about the nickname Pops. What what goes into that?
3: Is it just because he's older than everyone else? Yeah, that that's pretty much it. It's because he's he's an old man. <laughs> I mean, that's not really saying much coming from me, but yeah, we we call him pause because he's an old man. And then you could also go to the extent of uh when he hits a ball, it's it's pretty hard. <laughs> like in Arlington, I think the lowest ball he hit that was in play was like 97 or something, which is just crazy. Um, he's just a grown man. So I would say uh definitely the origin uh the origin of the nickname Pops for him definitely came from him just being an old man.
2: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right. So this is the last thing I got written down here, but uh you've got Eastern Illinois in town this weekend. Uh the the competition between them and and Grambling, it's a bit of a drop off from what you saw um over the weekend in Texas. Uh Dave talked about uh Tuesday against Grambling being a trap game, you know, it was, it it had it it was a recipe for a letdown but you guys overcame it I'm curious what do you guys have to do mentally to prepare for a team that is not you know at the level of of what you saw to start things off
3: yeah um it's definitely uh it's it's kind of a hard change going from you know Texas TCU and Oklahoma State to grambling in eastern Illinois but they're also teams that if you take them lightly, like they can easily beat you. And we kind of saw that on Tuesday and like Coach Van Horn mentioned, it was kind of a trap game. You know, if you don't come out ready to play and you let them hang around, eventually you look up and they beat you. Um, kind of same thing applies with Eastern Illinois, you know, like they can't they can't hang with this talent level wise. Um, and I know um, Coach Van Horn talked to us today in practice. We can't allow ourselves to play down to their level. You know, like if we're up here and they're down here, we got to play up here. We still got to play to the best of our abilities. Um, We can't let any outside factors dictate it, whether we're playing Eastern Illinois or LSU. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, And Coach Hobbs kind of followed up on that in the scouting report meeting on the pitching side of things is like, you know, you can't go out there and have the mindset of what if the pitch doesn't work or what if the pitch gets hit? you have to have the mindset of like, what if I go out there and like, I'm the dude and like, I'm executing pitches and like, it's, there's no like fear factor to it. It's, I'm going to go out there. Like I'm going to be committed to these pitches. I'm going to make them. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely just kind of getting back on track of playing to our level into the game that we're capable of playing. And then on the pitching side, just going out there and, you know, just throwing your best stuff and like, here it is, like make them hit it um, kind of feeling.
2: Well, there you have it, folks. Cody Franks, keys to victory this weekend against Eastern Illinois. You got the Hogs and the Panthers coming up at two o'clock Friday at Baumwalker Stadium. We'll see you there. Uh, Cody, thanks for joining us, man.
3: Yeah, thanks again for having me. I really appreciate that.
2: You bet.
0: You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Chote Mason and at DrStew32.